0: Hello and welcome to the Behind the Wheel podcast, the culmination and brainchild of my own love for cars, but also my determination to ensure that nobody ever goes through what I've been through. That is, hating their nine to five and living only for the weekends. To what extent are university degrees still relevant today? Join me as I discuss this very question with Imran Arshad, Co-founder of so many businesses, including Evolve, Eventory and 660. Whilst these are all amazing businesses, what struck me is the huge self-belief and determination to succeed that Imran demonstrates every single day. Even in the early days, pursuing what's arguably a safer career route, Imran was on his way to becoming a fully-fledged lawyer continue to experiment, try new things and ultimately found success in the eye of so much uncertainty. With over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, various award wins and a market leader in the cartooning space, hear from Imran as we discuss all things mindset, finding your passion and the current education system here in the UK.
1: But you know as aside from that, it took me a long time to find my place I would say until I was 27. I tried lots of different jobs. I had many different jobs, lots of different. Pages. You just have to give it a chance. Realistically, you have to look at your worst case scenario and say how bad can it get? I mean, at some points, I was fully maxed out on all my credit cards, everything, just to to try and make it work. Iman, hey how are you, bro?
0: I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We do appreciate it, man. Um, I asked this first question to all my guests who uh, come on the podcast. Uh, what does uh, what does
1: Imran's uh, dream five car garage look like? Dream five car garage. Wow, uh, that's a tough one. That's not enough cars. <laughs> um, I'm not that into that into supercars. I would say, but there's a couple that I really like. i would say Lexus um, LFA um, to take yeah. care of that maybe an f40 um and as you probably know i'm a big bmw guy so they'd have to be the rest would be made up of that i mean i uh m3 csl which i do currently own um a z8 which i want to own soon and the third one um that is tricky you know what i'd probably go for like something like a two double O two turbo or something like that. Like something a bit okay. older, old school. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, what do you think like your- for me, five cars is not enough. <laughs> <to> be- <laughs>
1: <laughs> what would you say is like your favorite BMW of all time? Would you say that's really tough? It depends on, on my mood. I think the M3 <laughs> CSL is very special, but the Z8 is always something that I've always aspired to, to owning. Um, so I'm not just about the way the car looks I like the way, you know, how does a car drive, I think the CSL provides a very rewarding driving experience but I think the Z8 looks amazing and they're for, for me cars are for different purposes, um, it, it, are you cruising down to like the south of France driving through the Alps, you know, are you having kind of a, a chilled road trip or are you going to then drive, you know at nine tenths and really exploit what the car's capable of on, on the open road, I know I'm being vague
0: yeah but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I get it, man. I get it. I mean, I, I find that driving for me is actually quite therapeutic. Um, yeah. and for some reason, I kind of get the best ideas when I'm driving on a, on a, on a long drive. Um, obviously, you're a big BMW guy. Uh, where does, what's, what's so special for you about BMW?
1: I'm not really sure. I think as I was growing up, I used to see every now and again like E30 M3s parked around my town. Not many of them, but there there were some and there was just something about the wide arches and everything that I got really into. I used to watch Touring Car and they, they were in there. I think the pivotal moment came for me. I used to like all cars. I used to like Porsches and, and like Audi RSs and things like that. But I think the pivotal moment came to me when I actually had enough money to buy my first performance car and I had a budget of £10,000. Um, and at that point, I was either, do I buy a Subaru Impreza, a Jap car, because a lot of my friends had those, or do I buy an Ether em 3 Ether em 3 was older, not as fast, but kind of always wanted one. Subaru was more modern, like faster, lots of modifying options. And I chose to go to um, buy an E30 M3, which at that time was seven thousand pounds, believe it or not, for a very very clean one. Um, and it just started. My whole journey basically started from buying that E30 M3 to where I am now. That 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 was a pivotal moment because if I'd bought Subaru, I would wouldn't be where I am now. Basically,
0: yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And so, I mean, just on that note, where does the uh, where did your kind of entrepreneurial journey begin? How did it all start for you? Yeah, so it
1: started with that the E thirty M three and I started to buy parts for that car and I was buying parts from a company I don't think they're around anymore. They were called um something like Motorsport World and you'd buy they had they were the first ones to have like an online presence and you could go online, buy the parts and then they would ship them to you. And I started to notice they were drop shipping and that's only because when I ordered some Bilstein sign trucks from them the invoice was still in the package and it said euro car parts i'm like how come this come from euro car parts i started to do some research into this i didn't know what drop shipping was back then and i realized that you could set up accounts with companies if they let you you could take orders and then they would fulfill the orders for you this was 2003 probably i think when i, when I bought that car and this this started to happen um and then I started to look into it a little bit more, created a website that was just selling parts, uh, got into the community. So I also at that time bought a Z3M Coupe and I was very heavily into that community, started selling them parts, had a website that sold just tuning parts. And that's how it started. It started with a website that was just doing drop shipping, effectively. Um, and it grew from there. So before that, I was um, so I've got a law degree and I was working for the Law Society at the time. Um, and, but I did have a lot of sales and PR experience before that. So that's, that's where the entrepreneurial part of it started. I started a business with no experience on the side, doing everything in my extra time, like outside of my normal job weekends. And then it grew to a level where any side hustle grows to, and you have to make a decision. Do you want to be comfortable and have a certain amount from both? Or do you want to risk it all and jump? two feet into the business aspect of it
0: i want to um i want to go deeper on that that's okay Imran. in terms of that kind of decision and what was going through your mind at that point when you had to make that choice uh because i'm sure there are plenty of people who are either going to be in that position or might already be in that position who are kind of figuring out do i take what is perhaps a more kind of safer route right or do I kind of you know take that kind of risk? Just just talk us through what was your kind of process for making that decision? What was going through your mind, and um,
1: I guess thoughts on reflecting on that experience now. Um, yeah, it was a big risk. I just got married. Um, so wow, yeah, just got married. Uh, started the. Full, I left my full time job in January two thousand and seven. The thought process was don't have any kids yet. Um, I'm still living at home at that point, which obviously helps a lot in making that decision. Um, otherwise, you would have had to save up maybe six months or a year's worth of salary to cover your overheads. And it was just that time in life where I thought, okay, it's now or never. To me, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So I thought, what's the worst that can happen? I can try it and it can... It can fail, um, but, I mean, as anyone knows, when it's very rare to start a business and actually start earning money from it, like, immediately. It takes a long time. Anyone who does it very quickly is extremely, extremely fortunate. I mean, I wasn't back into a position where my wife and myself were earning the same money from my joint, joint income to the business supporting what we would, were doing before, probably until about four or five years into it. And that's like getting back up to that level. So the thought process was this is the time to do it because I've got less dependence. If I had kids at that point, maybe I wouldn't have done it. I don't know. I can't, Mm. I can't go back and make that decision again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, um, in looking back on it now, um, is there anything that you would do differently? Um, looking at that experience or would there be some advice for people who are kind of going through that right now like any any sort of advice or tips for people that um are, are kind of you know
1: about to go through that phase that's really difficult i think i think if you truly believe in something and you think you can make it work you just have to give it a chance realistically you have to look at your worst case scenario and say how bad can it get I mean, at some points I was fully maxed out on all my credit cards, everything just to, to try and make it work. But there's no, you don't get truly successful without going some kind of pain. Um, If you're not yeah. willing to go through that pain, then just stick to your job and carry on doing that. But just be prepared for the worst, I guess, in, in my head. And the way my mindset works, I will always think of what the worst case scenario is and how bad that can be. And personally, if, if, if no one's getting hurt, injured, or dying, then I don't. I, I will carry on with something. Yeah, that, that's what that's we, we use at work. We have issues. And, okay, is someone is someone like critically ill or dying? Or then it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah, and and I hope you don't mind me, me
0: me asking. Um, in in terms of that kind of process of you know, um, leaving law and 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 leaving the day job and, and pursuing this, um. Did you find it hard to um get I guess validation from other people? Like did other people kind of put you off or kind of look look down on you or struggle with this idea that you're gonna be taking a much more riskier route and how did you handle that?
1: Um of course, yeah. When you when you've got a professional job and you've got a law degree and you work for law society, you leave and people don't understand what you're doing. Everyone like um in my family, not my dad not my dad, but like Everyone else in my broader family thought I was a mechanic. They're like, why are you leaving a law job to go and be a mechanic? Which was never what I was doing anyway. I might employ them now, but I was never a mechanic myself. So you just have to be resilient in that way. I honestly just had an unshakable belief that I could succeed in doing what I did. And I gave it the best shot that I could. And this is how I've ended up where I am. I'll be honest with you. People people are going to talk. They're going to say things about you... It doesn't matter. They're going to say things about you, whether you're doing something what right or wrong or, or whatever you do. You can't please everyone. You just have to do whatever makes you happy.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so true. It's so true. Um, I mean, I guess also to a certain degree, in this current day and age, um, I suppose it's easier to a certain degree, right, to actually start a side hustle. I mean, the the, the right. social media game is a much more, you could argue, democratic way of um, starting a business. Um, What's your view on kind of, you know, side hustles? And and, um, I guess now in this age where it's so easy, you know, um, well, do you feel like it's easier now than it was, say, when you first started out?
1: Um Yeah, I believe it's easier now. It was kind of easy for me, I would say, because before social media, there was things called like car forums. And that's how I started my business. I was because I was involved in them. I, I saw it as a very good way of marketing and getting in front of those customers. So essentially, what people are doing now is the same thing, but they're using Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook to carry out those same things. So you're able to get into a community. You start providing a service or product to these people, and it kind of grows from there. But yeah, I think it's extremely easy now. Considering you, all you need is your phone. You can do absolutely everything from this. You can take pictures of the products. You can upload them. You can make videos. You can edit. You know. So yeah, it's if you've got a phone and an internet connection, literally, like the world is your oyster at the moment. It's 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 an exciting time.
0: I mean, obviously, you're um, you're you're uh, obviously a very avid user of of social media, and uh, you know you you've got a pretty nice presence out there. Um, kind of, um, what would be your? Um, well, I, I guess how did that all start? Um, uh, would be yeah yeah. How, how, how did it all start for you in terms of getting getting your name out there on on uh, on, on on social media?
1: So, yeah so as I mentioned, um we started off uh promoting ourselves on internet forums, which was like a precursor to social media in, in my view um that helped me a lot because i was I dealt with all the crap stuff that that threw at us back then, which is what people were seeing now that's so when people ask me how do I handle that stuff on social media it's not new to me I've been dealing with it since two thousand and three mm. where you go onto a car internet forum and it's completely hidden. Uh, You get keyboard warriors. That's where the term actually came from. Uh, They're hiding behind an an anonymous name and they think they can say anything to you. So for me, that was a precursor to social media. And then when social media started, like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube later on in in our career, um, I I just saw that and I thought, okay, this is where forums and, and things like that are going. But even to a broader scale, because it's encompassing everything so i started on all those channels apart from youtube quite early so instagram like i maybe got into it after it was maybe two years old or something like that and then i made sure all of our businesses had presences on on them uh facebook used to be amazing right at the beginning then obviously as they started to bring their algorithm in to get you to facebook um advertise that that came down um but at the start that organically was was very good so what I'm saying is I recognise that social media would provide the same kind of reach but better than internet forums. And so I was made sure we kind of got onto the platforms uh, early and that's why we were able to build our organic reach on there.
0: How, I mean, just just how how important is it for you to be adaptable, to be flexible and to look at these new ways of reaching people? Because I guess there are many people out there who are probably so stuck to one way of doing something, right? But in the case of you, I guess what you're saying is that, you know, you were really good at one thing, but you sort of realized where the trend was going, where the attention was going to be
1: going ahead and being early in that. How how important has that been to, to your kind of success so far? That's been pivotal because if I hadn't been able to spot those patterns and what's going on, then we would have stayed still. I still know businesses in our industry that don't even take pictures of their products properly when we first started we were one of the first companies to actually start taking professional photos of products when even the manufacturers of those products weren't taking pictures we were doing videos I mean, you can go back onto our YouTube. We only started using it probably four years ago, but there's videos on there from 2007 where we're kind of making from shoddy videos of like exhausts you know on cars and cars going around and things. Like, and people weren't even doing that, so how are you, able, you know how are you expecting to sell a product when people don't even realistically know what it is, what it looks like, what it does? So that has been um, absolutely pivotal. I don't think we would be as successful as we are if we hadn't been able to spot those trends and keep adapting with the times. Now, I've never had any formal training in marketing, but I've always had a genuine interest uh, in it. So I've always been reading around the topic. Um, It's kind of, that's what my dream job would have been if you asked me. So when I was um, around 2002, I think I was working for a PR company. And when I was working for that company, my customers were uh product managers um they were brand managers and when i saw what they were doing i would have said that's my that's what i want to do that's my dream job i applied for loads of them and didn't get them but effectively what i've done is create that role for myself
0: Mm, mm. that's amazing where do you see the um the
1: trends going forward in your view I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't think I see, I can't, I can't foresee stuff like that. I mean, I'm very quick at picking up when other people start doing it, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know what's going on. It's, it's a bit of a crossroads at the moment because you get into a stage where social media is so encompassing. Is it going to get to a point where it gets so saturated that people get fed up with it? If they get fed up with it, then what happens? You know, I mm-hmm. truly believe in a mix of online presence and real life presence. So when I'm talking to uh, like distributors or dealers across the world, or even in this country, I actually like personal connection with them as well as the online side. Cause I've always had that right from the beginning. So I believe you need a mix of both. I know there's people out there that just say you can do everything online, but I don't think you can be a personal connection with someone. I think that's mm. important. Mm. And maybe people are going to start going more towards that again, I'll be honest, in our business, as long, you know, social media is very important, but what's also important is the customers that we've had before, and we've made sure we've looked after them, as we should, and mm-hmm. then they tell other customers. Word of mouth is still, in my opinion, the the biggest form of marketing and the most important that you can, you can get. Because you could strip our social media away, you can take our internet away, but if there's customers who have your products on your car and they tell other people, they will still buy it. And this was demonstrated to mm-hmm. me when... Um, it was probably around eight or nine years ago our website got hacked by someone we didn't have a website for a whole year and I was like oh wow, wow what are we gonna do like we, we, you know it like it just took that long to build a new one yet our business didn't go down at all because wow. a lot of our business was coming from um so I started tracking our marketing at that point and at that point, I think forty percent of our business was still coming from word of mouth. That's even with the advent of social media. Wow. wow! I think that's that,
0: that, that's obviously a clear testament to, I guess, the level of service and the level of attention and the level of kind of uh, customer kind of focus that you guys have. I mean, like, you know, when you've got repeat customers or customers that are actually referring you to to, to, to other people, that's always the greatest kind of level of um, you know service that you can provide, right? Yeah. Um, in terms of, I mean, um, in terms of, you know, for those people who are either new to social media or still don't quite or are a bit scared about it. Right. Um, I mean, you know, how would you what would be your advice to people who um, want to get onto Instagram, want to get onto Facebook, but just a, little, a little bit scared, a little bit wary or perhaps kind of fearful of what others might think about whatever they put out there?
1: just do it there's no need to be scared what's anyone going to do to you just take pictures of your products put some nice descriptions on there just start like literally if you're scared of that what are you doing it's like seriously i don't I, i don't understand why it's a problem you just you're just letting the world know what you do just be genuine with your stuff and put it out there like literally there shouldn't be any barrier that's not a barrier yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I,
0: I come across quite a few people who are kind of scared about, and I think, I, I, I think there's an element of um, people having an insecurity to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think they can be, um, they could be quite scared about, you know, what will people say? What will they think? And they're so absorbed in that kind of belief that, you know, um, uh, people will judge me for the things that I put out there. But I guess what you're saying is just scrap that, put it to, to
1: uh, put it to one I side. People will believe what they want to believe, right? Yeah, people overthink this as well. It's like why are you so important that people are gonna be looking at your stuff judging it? There's like millions of things out there. <laughs> why are they gonna you think people are gonna sit there dissecting your stuff? No. Like, why Even if someone's <laughs> doing that, what, what they're doing with their lives, who cares? So true, so true, man. I, you um, first, just, do your thing, just carry on. Like it honestly it doesn't matter what people say. I only con- I'm only i only concerned with if my parents or my wife say, Imran, like what you're doing, that's not quite right because they, they keep me grounded yeah. and they'll tell me if I'm stepping beyond a certain boundary. Otherwise, honestly, I don't care. Yeah,
0: yeah. People are going to so talk important.
1: shit so- anyway. It doesn't matter what you do. You could have, you be the best person in the world. People will still talk shit about you. They'll still make stuff up yeah. about you. They'll still be negative about you. Seriously, just get on with it. We're only so on this true, app man. for a very short period of time. Just make the most of it. Yeah, so true. So powerful, man. Um, just
0: talking about social media again, if you don't mind, uh, what would you say um, has been crucial to your success on social media so far? What would you say are the three or four things that have been really, really instrumental um, to kind of increasing your reach increasing because i think i think like when i look at your social media profile um one thing which is clear to me is a sense of community in this sense that people are talking to each other people are engaging people are kind of advising each other and it's fantastic but what you've created is a community and that is i think really beautiful just just talk us through you know how you've done that but also you know what would be your, your sort of top tips for people who are trying to Increase uh, their 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 social media game.
1: Yeah, so it helps obviously having good content, and when I say good content, that means good quality pictures, uh, good quality descriptions around those. Um, with video, just be genuine. Um, so yeah, so media, and then I think second thing is being genuine. So be genuine to who you are. Don't try and pretend <coughs> to be someone else because you. Could only do that for a short period of time and after a while people realize that you're not being genuine. Um, also just try, it's, it's really difficult, but try and engage with as many people as possible. When you get to a certain level, that gets quite difficult. Uh, but I try my, I try my best. I'll have a certain amount of time that I spend replying to comments and things like that. I can't reply to all of my DMs because that would be absolutely, I just don't have enough time in the, in the day to do that. So yeah, media, being genuine, engaging uh, with your customers, just being open, really. I mean, that comes with being genuine. People want to be able to trust what you're putting out is, um, you know, good um, and honest and truthful and also being consistent with with all of that. You can't go into social media and just put one post up every now and again. You have to have a schedule. You have to kind of stick with it. So for Instagram, uh, so I have a as well as my brands having their own Instagram, I have a personal Instagram. So I try and post on there once a day on the main feed. And then stories, I'll do kind of ad hoc as I'm going along if something interesting is going on. For the businesses, that can be every day or every other day. Um, It depends on what we have to put on. And YouTube, we try and do two videos a week. Uh, Sometimes that doesn't happen purely because if we're doing like a project cast, something's delayed, so we can't get the parts or in this country for the last four weeks, we've not been able to form properly outside because it's raining all the time. So, but yeah, so you have to have consistency with what you're putting out as well. So those things that I've mentioned, you do all of those. And I think that you can grow. Obviously, it's a bit more difficult now uh, with Instagram algorithms, but it's still, it's still possible
0: yeah to what to what degree is there a um is there a is there a balance between you know paying attention to metrics and numbers and dare I say it likes and followers and everything else and just kind of at the same time pushing stuff out regardless of what you get back right because I guess that there is that balance isn't there I guess to a certain degree because you can't keep you can't you can't base your self-worth and your decision to keep putting content out based on how many likes you get or based on how many followers you get but it is somewhat important right
1: yeah i think it's important to have a blend of the two so for the businesses we do look at metrics um but then we will also just throw out stuff that we we want to throw out we don't really care like for youtube if even if a video we know we won't it won't do very well we will still put it out because we want to put it out and because we're not relying on ad Mm -hmm. revenue or anything like that we we will still do it because it's our channel we can put whatever we want on there for my personal stuff like on linkedin and my own personal instagram i will put out whatever i want to put out i don't i don't even look care about the metrics i don't care about the likes because that's me just doing what i want to do so it's, it's it's slightly separate from the business but on instagram for example for the businesses we do um the person who manages that account, they will every month basically pull up, make an Excel spreadsheet showing what pictures we put out, what was the engagement, you know, these kind of this kind of content works. Um, we need to do more of this and then we will switch it up. And then for another month, we'll try different types of content and then have a look at what that did. So you can tweak it to a certain extent, but I will still throw in random stuff just because I feel like doing it. Yeah. I'm not I don't live by the numbers if that makes sense. They are important, but
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You, know, you still have yeah, to, yeah. You, yeah. It still has think, to be enjoyable, right? You still have to do things that are fun and just for the sake of them.
0: Absolutely. I think I think I think a lot of people get worried about when they fir- when they first start on social media, they put their first post out and they're like, Where's my likes? I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> right? Or they get discouraged, right? And I guess you know um, what you're saying is, and this is clear from what you're saying, actually, is you know you, you've got to keep going with it. It takes consistency, effort, um, and kind of a, a almost a not a disregard, but less of a focus on what people think, right? And just just keep keep going with what with
1: with with it because in the end, it does it does pay dividends, right? Yeah, I mean, look, listen, like even we're starting a social media account and building that up is not too dissimilar to starting a business. You have to have something there you have to keep putting it out you have to be consistent with it and slowly people start taking notice if you're on instagram you have to start engaging with other people like you know go onto their instagram see the hashtags that you like maybe comment on their pictures i mean i don't do that as much now but when we were starting out that's what you were doing so for evolve automotive channel i'd go look on the hashtag for bmw m3 find people's cars and comment on their cars, you know, and then they'd, they'd, they'd say, oh, who's this person like commenting on my car? Let me go have a look at what, oh, they do loads of BMW parts. I'll follow them. That's, that's how it works. So it's not just a matter of putting them out there. You have to be active and find other people's accounts who are similar to you or may like what you're posting and, and be positive about what they're posting. And, they're, and most of the time people re- reciprocate that.
0: Oh, that is such an amazing tip. Such an amazing tip. Actually, actually getting yourself out there onto other people's pages and actually engaging with their content—that's that's uh, that's so so powerful, man. And I I don't think many people many people talk about that.
1: That's Um, a a basic thing of of, of Instagram is that you can't just expect to put your content out and and for people to find it. The only way they're going to find it is if they're searching that particular hashtag and it comes out. But you can go onto their page and make positive comments about what they're they're posting. They're much more likely to give you a follow back.
0: Oh. That's beautiful. That is so so amazing. Um, I want to um, I want to go back to um, entrepreneurship and owning a business and kind of the mindset that you have to adopt to kind of succeed, right? Because I think I think running a business in itself can be incredibly stressful and can be incredibly tough, and you must go through some real highs and lows, right? Especially in the in the early days. Um, just talk us through um, those early days in terms of you know what was going through your mind um did you at any point think you know what uh-uh, I'm done I'm gonna go back to my to my happy stable place where I know I'm gonna get a, a, a salary every single month right did you ever kind of go through that phase and if not or if you did how did you kind of go about mentally I guess getting through what are perhaps some of the biggest highs and lows in life which is business because it's it's a very very tough place right
1: yeah I was just extremely stubborn um, and that happened numerous times throughout the early years. Um, when you come you know, you don't have enough money to like do what you want to do. You're just about covering your overheads or you maybe you're not even covering your overheads. I just really had a strong belief in what I was doing would pay dividends in the future. I really believed that we had a good brand, a good product, and I just stuck with it I mean I used to you know there, there were probably times where my wife would say I think it's time for you to give up now you need to like maybe go back to the workforce and I was like no I know like I'm not that far away and it's one of those things it's like it's easy to to give up but you if you you know if you have a genuinely good business model and it can work it just needs a bit of time it's it's one of those things it's a risk isn't it you but I think what helps is if you speak to other people who have been through that process, it's not easy, but if you speak to most people who have been through that process, they've all been through that hard time. But it's the people who can suffer that and go through it who come out of the other side, you know, for for betterment of themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I know one of the things that people often... I think one, one of the mistakes that people make often... At least from my experience, is the people that they, that they surround themselves with, and I often find that um, you know the, I think the the saying is that, you know you, you are the average of the of the five people that you spend the most time with. To what to what degree have people around you played an influence or played a part in
1: your in your success? Um, so those early days, not so much because I didn't I was the first person in my family to go into business, uh, so I didn't really have wow. that that kind of advice. I learned from my own mistakes I made mistakes along the way and I had to learn from them um I did have a lot of support from my dad in terms of advice he, he was not he was a professional so he was an engineer so he didn't have business advice but he's just a genuinely intelligent guy and like I would often go f- to advice for him and he helped me quite a lot to make some some decisions um If you know, I think you're talking about if you could go back, what you could change. If I could go back, what I would change is actually trying to seek out maybe a mentor or people who had been through that process because it would have probably been a bit easier to do. I've Mm. found those people now as the business has been growing because I've got to a level where the original group of people I was talking to, I've gone beyond them. And now it's like we have new challenges. It's like, okay, I need to find someone who's at even higher level mm. than I am to see what I can learn learn from them because there's always somebody who's doing bigger or better things than you are. Yeah,
0: yeah. Talk us through um kind of the the daily kind of what what goes through Imran's mind on like a daily basis when it comes to running a business. Like just you know, to, to give give people an insider kind of view as to, you know, um I guess I guess I guess what what it's like to be an entrepreneur to, to be a business person on a daily basis what are some of the, the biggest things that you have to kind of mentally go
1: through every single day Do you know you see those people that spin in loads of plates that's there's so many things going on you have to so the way I've set it up now is I have uh, you have to have teams of people who do certain things for you so you can concentrate on your core Skill. So my core skill is is marketing, PR, networking, uh, speaking to our distributors, getting new business. So then all the backend stuff, I have to pass that on to other people. So there's people who, um, so for one business, uh, even Chewy, my business partner is the designer of that product. So he designs a product, he gets it manufactured or, or we have the manufacturing in-house. So he sorts that all out. But when I got to a certain level, we've got an operations director in to do that part of it. I have someone else who does all the financial back end, make sure that that's all sorted out, that invoices are being paid, we know where we're at with cash flow. Then I have everyone else doing like sales admin. So for me, I've got to that stage now where I've delegated all of the other jobs to people who are probably better at it than I am or I don't I don't want to do it and I don't like doing it. And then it's just a matter of making sure all of those things are in place. But once you have a good team, and most of our team has been there for like five years, honestly, I can go away for three weeks and not have to to worry about anything. The business will run itself, but then I'm the one who's pushing yeah. that business forward, if that makes sense. So, you know, deciding what new products mm-hmm. we're making, what cars we're going to be developing on next, things like, things like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Where do you kind of, just on that note, where do you, where do you get your biggest joy and biggest passion from in terms of your sort of day to day, day to day running of the company?
1: Um, it's, it's thinking about what products to create, how we're going to create them, and then how we're going to bring them to marketplace, and then finally seeing them on, on people's cars. That, I, that whole thing of actually creating something from, from nothing and making it into a tangible product, which people can then enjoy, that for me is the whole thing because it's creation and everything around how are we going to market it what videos are we going to make around it you know like the design elements of it everything like that whole creation uh from nothing is what really gives me the most satisfaction and where do you get your your inspiration from everywhere um nature just looking around different things and saying could that be done better um yeah, a lot of the time is a lot of the time it's looking at maybe things that other people are doing and like well, I don't understand why that's like that. Why is that like that? It should be like this. Um, a lot of the time it's from I have a very broad range of interests. So I try and read things and watch things that I'm not necessarily interested in. That's a completely different feel to what I'm doing because mm-hmm. I can get some inspiration. Mm-hmm. From that, I've been watching a lot of documentaries recently about so many, Like, ra- I'm completely talking about random things. And you never know what, you're like, oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. Maybe we can apply some of that in in, in what we do. Because the world is such a big place. There's yeah. so many different things around that I think it's very easy to get sucked into just what you're doing. And you have a tunnel vision. You don't see what's around you. Um, and especially with design, I think nature's like this nature's amazing. Some of the things that you see in, in nature that you can then start applying to design elements is just amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think
0: I, um, I think I once heard that, you know, if people, People believe that creativity is something brand new, right? But it's actually it's actually taking various bits from different areas and bringing it together to create something new, yep. and that's really all it is, really. Yep. Um, and the ability, to kind of, you know, soak in as much as possible to kind of, you know, create that thing is 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 a is a is a process, obviously, and it's it's obviously very very enjoyable as well. And I want to um I, um, I want to touch on something which many young people tell you know tell me about, right? Which is you know, no, I get the idea. You've got all these guests coming on telling me to, you know, do what I love doing. I've got a passion for, et etc. Et but you know what? I don't know what I want to do, right? I have no freaking idea. I'm in, I'm in college, I'm in university and I'm just doing my thing. Um, what would be your advice based on your experience, but also based on what you know
1: uh, for young people who are kind of just not sure like what they want to do with their life? Yeah, that's a difficult one. And something that I'm going through with my son at the moment. He's only twelve. Um, <laughs> um I'm just pushing him to do whatever he's interested in. I don't really care what he does, as long as that he's happy doing what he does. Um and the only way you know what you like is by trying lots of different things. Not to be scared to, to try something else that you haven't tried before. Because until you yeah. you know, go through that process and experience lots and lots of things, because there is so many things out there in the world, you don't know what you're really going to be passionate about or be interested in, but you know. As aside from that, yeah. it took me a long time to find my place. I would say until I was 27, I tried lots of different jobs. I had many different jobs, lots of different failures, lots of working in a soulless job until I got to to where I was. Um, and I think the issue, a problem, is people think they they need to be 21, 22 years old, or even younger, with everything figured out. If you figured everything out by that age, you, know what? you yeah. are extremely fortunate. It's so true.
0: There is, this, there is this really stupid, ridiculous amount of kind of focus and pressure that is placed by society on people to have it all figured out, right, by like 20 or 21, right? And I don't think people actually appreciate, in the case of your journey, even my journey and many other people, it took them a long time to finally, and even now they're still figuring yeah, it out, right? It's not like it
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know. Um, and I think I think life is this constant, ongoing process of just you know figuring problems out and and constantly figuring out who you are as a person. Yeah. But um, you know, uh, people have this kind of idea of you know the prescription to happiness is you know go to college get a university degree, get a job, get a mortgage, get a wife, have kids and then die. die at like 70 for or whatever.
1: Life. Well, that that's <laughs> interesting because that's what I'm, I'm going through with my son at the moment. And I've told my kids right from an early age, they don't have to go to university. I mean, I did and I was expected to go um, because that was a done thing. Right. But I'm not I, I'm saying to them, unless you want to go into a career or profession that requires a professional qualification from university, you do not need to go. I would rather them start exploring their passions and, and their hobbies now and then starting something around that if, they, if they're if they willing to. Because I believe if you can do something that you're genuinely interested and passionate about and you become good at it, you will succeed. The The, the money or, or whatever, you know, that will come, come afterwards. And then it comes down to how much money do you need? You know what, that... Um, that's a message that I'm
0: very keen to promote, and it, it, it's quite rare that I come across people who are actually implementing it with their own children. Yeah. Was that quite a tough decision, Imran, to kind of to kind of say to your kids, you know what, um, actually, university degree, you don't you don't you don't need to have one because that it's such a it, I think it's still a very very big part of Asian culture, right, to kind of send your kids off to university. That is, you know, you as a parent have achieved success if your kids have been to the university and got a degree but in your case you've kind of gone a different way now was that was that quite tough no to not do? at
1: all because i don't care what people think <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, want, yeah. I want to do what's right by them and i think society placing pressure on you to get a, you go to university get a career but what, that you're just like a little cog in this big system you know um i was able to get out of that that system and i've been like you know i'm I feel like I'm free and I've been happy ever since, regardless of how much money I've had. We didn't have hardly any money in the first five years. It was it was very tough, but I, I was still happy. As long as I had enough money to cover my basic overheads, I was happy because I was enjoying what I was doing. And that was satisfying for my soul. Yeah, and it's not been really yeah, difficult with the kids. My kids are, you know, we try and push them to be a bit more a bit creative. I'm, I'm lucky that my wife has the same uh, mindset as me. So it's not as if I'm fighting my partner on, on this in terms of what the kids should be doing. We we've had this discussion. It's quite easy to see that, that you don't have to go down that path. I know many, many, and this is what's happened since I've had the businesses. I come across so many super successful people that never been to university. When I was working Mm. in jobs, Mm. I came across people who are on the same level as me who never been to university. I'm like, what? I didn't need to go to university to do this. There's, there's loads of other paths
0: yeah yeah it's i mean it's it's still an ongoing debate and it's an ongoing debate in 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 a variety of cultures and it's it's a debate currently ongoing on social media as well is you know the role of university today right you know to, to to what degree does does academia still still play as much of a role as it did 20 30 years ago when it wasn't so easy to kind of try different things and launch a business
1: you know i think that the difficulty with the modern world is this For example, if you went to university and studied marketing, by the time you came out of that three-year degree, what you've learned is already probably irrelevant. Like the world moving so fast at the moment, and so fast, like what works now may not work in six months. You It's in a constant state of flux. So for example, a marketing degree, I'll take that as an example. I don't even know what they teach on that syllabus. I'm not sure when that syllabus was written. I don't know who's responsible for it. Do they have industry experience? But even you know how things move, like the time you've come out three years is what you've learned actually still relevant. I don't think so. In th- Within three years, there could be some other social media platform like that me and you sitting here don't even know about right now. And it could be the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And I think I think the worst crime, not crime, that's a bit harsh. But I think I think the worst thing is when we have kids doing degrees in areas they have no interest in. Um, and they spend three or four, even five years doing a degree which they've just not got any passion for and hate it, and then end up coming out of that being somewhat not forced, but then they end up being pressurised to do that thing which they got a degree in, and suddenly it's like a life of you know hating their nine to five, right? Yeah, there's loads
1: of people in that in that position. You know, a lot of people will go into like they'll do like a science degree, then go into financial institutions. They get paid a huge sums of money, but. They really are sold dead, you know, it's because what they're doing, they don't they don't like it at all. Yeah, you have the, the money, but then you're kind of depending on how you spend the money, then you can actually get married to the wage, and that's the last thing you want to do. If you keep upgrading yeah. your lifestyle to match your paycheck, you soon end up in a position where you 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 literally can't live without that, without that paycheck.
0: Gosh. You know what? I really want to want to want to want to just spend a few minutes talking about this, right? Because like, it's so important to me. Um, money, right? There's something, there's something that you said earlier about not paying attention to, to, to money, just just focusing on focusing on just 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 putting as much as you, as you possibly can on keeping your expenses minimal, right? Keeping your overheads minimal, focusing on the business, reinvesting as much as you possibly can to 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 to, to grow. Um, which I think is super, super important. Because I think, I think often, and I've seen this happen, people start a business, they get a bit of success, and then they go and buy a nice car. And you think, oh my God, like, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, I guess in the case of you, you you just kept everything as low as possible in terms of cost and expense and just focus on a business, right? Yeah, is that, is, five, that, is that what you five did? five years,
1: I would say that was that was accurate yeah and, and then and then it starts really um so the the curve is not like that it's more like a hockey stick so it goes yeah. like that and then it starts to really really yeah. go up so yeah but if you if you don't do that at the beginning then yeah you don't get that huge acceleration when everything starts clicking yeah. yeah, but I'm talking about that from a personal so perspective as so well. Important. I think there's a, a, there's a huge gap in the education that our kids and our we were provided with, but they don't actually teach you financial literacy. They don't teach you how to manage money, because effectively they want you to be so in debt true. because that's how the whole system works.
0: So true. It's so true. I think, um, I mean, this, this might sound a bit out there, but I'll just say it now because I've heard it before. And I, I, I think it's true to a certain degree. I think, I think the academic, the academic road is very much geared at keeping people employed yes. and keeping Wage people states. working Wage for someone else. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think in some way it actually discourages entrepreneurship and discourages taking risks. Um, and I think um, I think I think the quicker we can get out of that, the better. Um, but, anyways, that's <laughs> that's a whole other yeah, conversation. The, the
1: other side of that is that yes, look, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Like, not everyone has the capacity or the, the resilience to do it. Like, I'm not saying like there, there's lots of people that can do. It. You don't know until you try, it, right? But there are some people who are suited to do doing a job. They might enjoy their job. There's lots of jobs out there that are enjoyable. To people, yeah. but the problem comes, I think, when you are part of this system, you get a job, you get a salary, and then every time you get a pay rise, you upgrade your lifestyle to match your pay rise. If you didn't do that, maybe you could invest a bit more money in other things like stocks and shares, maybe you could invest that in a side hustle. Now, just make your life easier. Yeah. Yes, you're going to your nine to five, but you're making some extra money. On the, like if you've made an extra five hundred to a thousand pound a month, which I don't think is is very difficult, like on the side, how much difference does that make to your life? Like that's that's a huge difference for not you know for potentially not not you doing it.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of people spend too much time earning to then spend rather than earning to then achieve financial yeah. freedom or financial. Easiness. Let's just, degree, like, um, let's just say it's not freedom. Let's just
1: say it's easiness. Yeah, it's a lot yeah, easier. Exactly. It's not easier not to spend the money than it is to earn it. You can you can spend money a lot lot yeah. quicker than you can earn it, depending on who you are. So <laughs> true. A bit like calories. Yes. Yeah, it's much easier. Than, <laughs> if you want to lose weight, it's much true. easier not to eat the calories in the first place than it is to expend <laughs> Yes, hundred percent is exactly the same. Analogy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Honestly, man. Uh, Imran, I wanna say um a huge, huge thank you so much uh for your incredibly valuable time, your incredibly wise words of wisdom. I think um I think that one of the things that you've kind of proven to people is that, you know, it's it's a hundred percent possible to um do something you love every single day. Yes, it might not be an amazing day every single day, but at least it's, it's in an area area that you've got real passion and, and interest in. And I think I think what's amazing is that you know you were this close to going down potentially a very very solid law route, yeah, right. Um, and I guess it took that one decision, which might seem, you know, at the time a massive decision, and it, it probably it obviously was. But looking back, it's it's probably it probably was the thing that has led to uh, to your success so far and your happiness so far, which is just so beautiful. So um, I hope many young people can kind of listen to you and, and understand that you know what um, there is there is a way of achieving happiness, passion, love for what you do, and achieve money in some meaningful way, whatever that is. Um, and uh, you know, for those people who kind of thinking about it, you know, side hustles are quite cheap to start these days as as you were saying Imran so uh, we do appreciate it and uh, hopefully we can uh, we can stay in touch yeah
1: no problem at all um yeah I think what I'd like to say in in parting is that unless you know unless you broaden your horizon and see what's around in the world what I've learned as I've been growing up is and meeting lots of different people there's so many ways in which you can have business there's people make money out of the weirdest things that you wouldn't even imagine like really, no. like you would think what someone yeah. makes money out of that? just take YouTube, for example, there's people who uh, my my wife likes making cards right, handmade cards. there's people who've got huge YouTube channels, yeah. and all they're doing is showing you how to make hand crafty cards. It's like literally you could take your hobby and make it into a youtube channel and and make that into a business so true, so true i mean i mean i've
0: I've come across knitting channels. Right, but then they've got like thousands of subscribers and you think, my God, like, wow. You know, it's so easy to do nowadays. It's just unreal, unreal. Um, Imran, thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, we look forward to uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully speaking to you soon.